0: Today on Pilgrim Radio's His People, Jana Harmon on lessons to learn from atheists converting to faith in Christ.
1: It, it starts to make sense to them, but the Bible, yeah, if I could encourage someone to actually just look at the Bible for themselves, what a difference that made in so many lives. Jana Harmon,
0: next. part two of our discussion with Jenna Harmon, C.S. Lewis Institute teaching fellow and host of the Side B Stories podcast about her book, Atheists Finding God, Unlikely Stories of Conversions to Christianity in the Contemporary West. Jenna, it seems part of understanding this whole picture is the issue of the changed or transformed life following conversion to Christ. Did you see that in every case?
1: I would say yes, as far as I could see, and the way that they expressed themselves and, and their their love for Christ and their desire, like I was saying, for others to know what they have found, was almost palpable. Mm. I would say they are the most enthusiastic, inspired followers of Christ I have ever met. Mm. Um, in fact, after after conversion, when I looked at at what they were. Doing with their lives, uh, following conversion, two thirds of them were involved in some kind of part-time ministry, apologetics, that sort of thing. One third were full-time at this point. Many of them went on to uh, further their education in apologetics and in theology and in philosophy. Our, our teachers, our pastors, are you know teaching and evangelizing in ways um, you know <laughs> mm. that are is just phenomenal. Uh, the way that they express, the way that they have found life—that's truly life. Uh, again, they have found true meaning. They found purpose. They found fullness. They found relational healing. They—you know—many of them have changed. You know, come out of dark and destructive mm. habits. Mm-hmm. Um, it found stability in marriages and life. Um, It—it's just uh, the list goes on. They—they they are completely transformed. Yeah, I would say it was across the board. <laughs> That's my expectation now. It's mm-hmm. these are not a a superficial affiliated Christian, you know, where they just kind of check the box. These this is these are not those kinds of people.
0: Well, well Jana, are there some uh, common factors that you found that led them to? Uh, perhaps this is the, this is the catalyst question again, or or is it the kind of question that? actually they're saying this was the point in this case the first person you talked about that couple that was patient and spent time or was it opening the bible and simply sometimes you hear you often hear that i i just read the bible
1: yes i'm so glad you brought that up i'm so 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 very glad because you know there there's such a misunderstanding and a misrepresentation of what the Bible is. And oftentimes, you know, they know the the negative mm-hmm. um, slogans against uh, God or, you know, the moral monster of the Old Testament, and they'll bring out, you know, cherry-picked verses and talk about how horrible the Bible is, or how corrupted it is, or how bronzed-aged and superstitious it is. Mm-hmm. And so, they have these these ideas, again, just like they do, Christians or just like they do, belief in God, that are so—they're just false. Uh, they're just false beliefs. They are lies. And so, when someone actually picks up a Bible, and they're—they are open and now openness and willingness is a lot of this, you know, to—to to see it for what it is, to—to to see Jesus for who He is. There were so many stories where they were completely and utterly amazed at what they found about, you know, uh, there was one atheist, you know, just a really intellectual guy, and um, he had seen a debate, you know, then and, and thought, okay, William Lane Craig is not oh, <laughs> stupid. That. There's intelligence here, you know, and he, and so he he started, he opened the Bible, and he actually described for me because he had said he had some religious experience. I said, well, what do you mean by that? And he said, well, anytime I would open the Bible and I would see and realize that there was a God who exists who loved me and cared for me like that, I I would just start to shake. I couldn't believe it, you know. So there there's this spiritual you know the the word does not return void, and when people open the word for themselves, there's so many times people would say, "I just started reading, I could not stop. I didn't want to." One man said, "I didn't want to touch the Bible. He was asked to read the Book of John. I didn't want to do it. I opened the the word, I could not stop. You know, there's this. They turn into voracious readers, and they mm. they they come into this this uh, sense that. Had, there was a ring of truth about the word. These are intelligent people who gave their lives for what they believed to be true, um, not what you know and so they they it starts them on a journeying not only for believing in the person of Christ and all you know the early church and everyone who was convinced by it, but then it you know it opens them towards well the resurrection and was that really true and and all of that, but they see themselves in the story, you know it's a grand story creation and brokenness, you know, the fall, they can see themselves there, see themselves there, they can see why the world is the way that it is, they can, it, it starts to make sense to them, but the Bible, yeah, if I could encourage someone to actually just look at the Bible for themselves, what a difference that made in so many lives.
0: And I think you said at the beginning, Jenna, that Christianity, as, as you explained it, and these former atheists found it as well through reading the scripture but through f- faith in the Jesus of the Bible that Christianity provides the best explanation I think you said of reality as we know it.
1: Right. Yes, Do- it it makes sense it makes sense of our lives. I mean, our lives in a grander story. So we can make sense not only of the grand story and what we can see around her and see around us and why things are the way that they are but it makes sense of our lives that we feel you know big ba- our basic experiences that we really are choosing our basic intuitions that things are really right or really wrong mm-hmm. our basic intuitions that you know we are valuable somehow we're special as humans that we have dignity that that there is an oughtness to the way that we live that that it should be full of meaning and purpose and value and you know, it just, the pieces start to fall into place when you look at the Christian worldview and what we have to offer. It answers everything with regard not only to the world out there, but the answers of the human heart and our longings. It just makes the most sense of everything if you give it a chance. It's just, for me, I'm just constantly amazed at how the most beautiful story in the world, which is true, is <laughs> the true myth, as C.S. Lewis would yeah. say. Is actually the one that people reject, and it breaks my heart. And I think it breaks the hearts of these who have actually understand what it is like to live in darkness, because they're like, "Here, come here, come and see." You know, like the woman in the well, come mm-hmm. and see, because this is where life is, and it's true.
0: Well, Jenna, what advice uh, do these former atheists who are now Christians, believers? in Jesus give in communicating uh, the truth, Christianity, the gospel, to those who are atheists? Do, do, they, do they give some advice? They do.
1: They do. In fact, I'm about to read a, another book just to, about that exact oh. same thing. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um,
1: what they, you know, Because these skeptics, they know what it's like to live and think on the other side. Mm-hmm. And so they know what was effective for them, what worked, what didn't. Uh, but basically, I, I think the first thing they would say is, "Don't presume you know someone's story. Don't presume you know what an atheist or a skeptic or anyone believes about their own beliefs." Um, we think we might know. I think, in, in, you know, in in terms of what I know, what the atheistic worldview is, I know what their arguments are, but I don't know when it comes to Joe or Susan or Beth, you mm-hmm, know, mm-hmm. who they are. Why they believe what they believe, um, and actually what they believe. so and and you know, the irony of it is oftentimes their beliefs are presumed, and they haven't thought through their own beliefs. So I would they would say the first thing is, don't presume what I believe. You know, so the first thing to do is just engage, just ask, listen ask them to tell you their story mm. you know why you know tell me tell me about you tell me about your you know was God a part of your your picture at all you know why why do you you know what do you believe and, and why um before you you know start launching into <laughs> you know everything that, that that we believe sometimes they're just not ready to hear it and so and oftentimes they'll give intellectual responses for why they don't believe and you'll start launching in with an intellectual answer Mm -hmm. but really oftentimes what i've seen is that just the tip of the iceberg it may be like the mike arnold the man whose story i told he didn't believe because he was traumatized by a god who wasn't there that's he had a more emotional reason for disbelieving so an intellectual argument is not going to touch that um, remember what touched that was the love of a couple that softened mm. him and opened him to be able to then go forward with the intellectual aspect of it. So, so don't presume. You know, I, I would say they would also say to um, be patient because a lot of times. And again, it goes for most of us, we're not willing to change until something disrupts or changes our paths or causes us to want to think differently about it. Mm-hmm. So it's important to actually be present in their life, to actually relationally present, not just from a distance. Although it's you know, it's this us-them thing, they're over there, we're over here, but they're never going to know the better story unless we live it out in front of them, they're not going to know what... Christianity is all about, they're always going to be receiving negative cultural messages and reinforcing their negative slogans and perceptions until we actually engage, interact, get to know, Mm -hmm. uh, and be in each other's world. So I would say get to know people who aren't believers, be in their lives, be present relationally, so that when that crisis or that disruption comes and they're willing to become open, if they're looking for more, sometimes, that, again, that takes days, weeks, years, decades, um, be present, and not as a project, mm-hmm. you know, but but just genuinely living out Christ in their lives, uh, loving on them, softening those edges, making them see that Christ is is good, that Christianity is good, that there is truths about it that it's a meaningful and full full life and that these people are actually generous and patient. And so you you live with patience, but you also live in prayer because at the end of the day, you know, we're drawn to Christ. Our hearts are changed because of the Holy Spirit. I mean, He uses us in, in, in mm-hmm. uh, people's lives. And the beautiful thing and what I found in my research and another uh, co-researcher, Joel, Fertes would say something similar in his findings, is 82% of the stories of these former atheists changing were engaged with a Christian at some level. So the vast majority um, interacted with, engaged with, met a Christian, saw a different story, heard a different, you know, introduced them in a, in a way to Christ that would not have been possible without that Christian intersecting the life of the of the non-believer. Um, so that's in critically important. But prayer is everything, right? Mm. Um, in terms of knowing, you know, looking for opportunities, engaging in people's lives, knowing what to say, how to respond, you know, what their needs are—all of those things. This is this is where we're just participating with the Lord in in His work.
0: Well, uh, Janet, what kinds of life challenges do these former atheists have after converting? Uh, it's, it's obviously not something that stopped them from converting, but it still is, it's an interesting thing to look at. I mean, something maybe right. that they didn't believe, they didn't respect, or even mocked, possibly.
1: Right. Yeah, there, there are several challenges. One of them is that you can imagine, it's like coming out of, say, for example, Muslim faith, you might be rejected by your family by your peers, by your entire social group, and for for a third of those in my study, they they really had struggles. You know, their family, their friends, they just were no longer accepted. Mm-hmm. Even just saying the name Jesus or that you're going to church on Sunday would give you know, all kinds of pushback. And so, a lot of them had to actually find literally new lives, new 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 belonging, new. Uh, and and had to to say goodbye to their former lives and their former world. Now some of that too is very difficult because oftentimes when you move into the Christian life, it, it is a life of grace, but it's also a life of change and ex- expectation of transformation
2: mm-hmm.
1: and leaving old habits and ways behind. Um, they understood the gravity of the change that was that was put before them, and I think that's why uh, quite a few of them. They may have become intellectually convinced at one point, but weren't willing to surrender to Christ because, as we all know,
2: it's, mm-hmm.
1: it's a daily struggle. Yeah, and, and especially if you're coming from a real place of darkness, that can be extremely challenging. So for for many, that was a, a great difficulty for them. Um, and but but again, they found such wholeness once they did submit and surrender to the person of Christ that, you know, for them it was worth it. But those, I think, would probably be the two major Mm. challenges.
0: For those that are atheists looking on and seeing a former atheist who's become a Christian, uh, I'm wondering, they must see something. I, I, I mean, this person has now entered into a world that is largely, increasingly being marginalized in society, a belief system which it is not growing in popularity, but it's actually shrinking. I'm wondering how a current atheist sees a mm-hmm. former atheist conversion. As is like, there's something. Could they see it as something supernatural going on here?
1: Yeah, possibly something supernatural. And yes, as you, I'm glad you brought that up too, because obviously that's a major issue for us all, former atheist or not. We are in a in a culture that is marginalizing Christianity at every turn penalizing now at mm-hmm. some points. And so, I think that an atheist looking on to a former atheist would have to to admit there's something different, bigger, greater going on. Mm-hmm. Um, Joel Furchas speaks of it as someone, when someone becomes a believer from atheism, he says he's willing to forsake the cultural and social authorities in his life to actually become a truth seeker, to hold truth above all else. And I would, one would hope that that an atheist or a skeptic looking onto a former atheist now being a Christian, that they would have some curiosity. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, I heard it, use this term used in a, a prayer the other day, a holy irritant. <laughs> yeah. To them uh maybe a stone in their shoe in some ways but I can tell you that when I post in 사이비 stories are are all former skeptics and atheists who come on and tell their stories of, of change of conversion on the podcast and so I'll post these stories on on mixed boards you know of of non-believers and believers and um, their response is not kind oh. <laughs> you know the ones that do the ones that do speak out are typically not kind mm. they're they're still in a position of wanting to defend their own position and put down any kind of faith so there's still that I mean one would hope and pray that that something down deep inside is stirring like why would this person Give up everything, you know. You know why would they give up their intellect, or you know, so they think. Yeah. Or why would they give the, up their own, you know, moral moral authority to to move over to this worldview that you know, for them to be honest, you know, from a spiritual perspective, you know, many are still blind and deceived, mm-hmm. and they can't understand why someone would embrace Christianity or embrace Christ and leave that world, but. But I can tell you also, from a hopeful perspective, is that may, there are many out there who are dissatisfied. They you know, their worldview doesn't make sense. It's not providing all that they thought that it would. And they are actually coming. They're listening to these stories. They're coming to Christ. I'm hearing that. And so these these embodied lived testimonies of grace and truth are making a difference. Whether or not some people admit it to themselves or not, right?
0: And and you say that, uh, and you've said this uh, more than once. That obviously the objections are not just intellectual, so it's not just having intellectual answers. And yet, can can you speak to the value of apologetics? That is, being able to give a a defense to the uh, for the faith.
1: Yes, and I'm so again glad you brought that up because that was the other thing that 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 these former atheists would say is to be prepared. Mm um that you while you're being patient and investing in you know relational mm-hmm. you really need to be prepared because one of the most striking uh, this is very sad to say one of the most striking statistics in my survey i was asking them what do you think of christians you know mm. you know and i had all of these little boxes you know that were positive attributes and negative attributes and one of the the things that they could select is educated one box was uneducated. Um, everyone, not one, not one former atheist as atheist thought Christians were educated mm. people. Not one. That is not a good look. Um, it's a very. There's a very strong sense that Christians are not educated people. And uh, now, of course, over the last ten to twenty years, I think that that Titanic is turning around. I think more Christians are becoming engaged in the reasons under. Underneath the foundations of our belief, the good, you know, we're called to give reasons for the hope that we have, and many are actually seriously engaging in that. I think a lot of because of you know the really the confrontation of the new (laughs) atheists. I think it kind of woke up a sleeping giant a little bit, and so we had to rise to the occasion. Uh, But we do need to know. Why we believe what we believe, the Christian worldview, uh, understanding things from a big-picture perspective, understanding why. I mentioned things along the way about the naturalistic, godless worldview. Well, as a Christian, if you don't know what they believe, you know, worldview, from a worldview analysis, you don't understand that they are actually living in a worldview that doesn't even explain their own humanity, much less their own, you know, how to explain things in a scientific way Um, they are at an increasing loss we have more and more answers on our side as time goes on as history goes on more archaeological finds as scientific discoveries go on more discoveries that are proclaiming the reality of of a transcendent omnipotent you know powerful creative god behind the universe so um it Or or even a mind that has to explain what's in our DNA. You know, um, the the godless perspective can't. They don't have answers. But if we don't know that, it's hard for us to to respond to many times their slogans, their mantras. We haven't thought about it. Uh, I mean, like for example, you know, I think probably the number one complaint against God is, you know, how could be there a a good God? You know, when there's evil in the world. Mm -hmm. Well. Did you understand that in a godless perspective, you can't even call anything, they have no grounds to call anything good or evil, things just are. Mm -hmm. There's no ought this be, there's no should be or ought, you know, because things just are. There is no argument. It falls flat from a, you know, philosophical perspective. Mm -hmm. But if we know those things, granted, you know, somebody who asked that question may really be hurting, and so we need to, you know minister to them, but we also need to understand intellectually, we have, like I say, you know, circling back to the very beginning, when you actually look at the apologetic arguments that we have, the reasons, the evidence, it's so profound. It's so amazing. All of reality screams the reality of, of, of our God. And we have that on our side. And unfortunately, I think we're missing that um, in so many ways that, that that he's given us a lot to engage the skeptic or the non-believer or just to help us to understand our own worldview. Uh, but yet we're not engaging that in, in, a, in a meaningful way. But I can tell you when you do, it just gives you more love for the Lord. It gives you more compassion for people who don't get it. Um, it it's just um, I, I'm a big advocate okay. for 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 apologetics and just digging deep. We're we're called to be responsible for for what we know and why we know it, and and just helping those helping others to know it as well.
0: And, and uh, Jana, as we talk about uh, obviously giving them reasons for belief in God, what kind of a step is it then to actually put their faith in
1: Jesus? When I look at it it's interesting and and I'm so again glad we're talking about this because when you look about look at the door opener, it was more that, okay, there's something good or attractive about Christianity that I didn't think was there. Mm -hmm. So it's more of a, you know, it might be kind of self-serving like what can it do for me? Mm Mm-hmm. But, but then they want to know it's true because they don't want to believe anything unless it's not true. So then they go for a, through a journey of discovery if you will, whether or not Christianity is worth believing. But then coming to a place of conversion, many of them and and I think again it's true for a lot of our stories. you start the pieces start to fall to place but there's there's not only perhaps a personal resistance, but there's also the recognition of a personal conviction that <laughs> mm. you know, maybe there is a God, and he does exist. and and I am not right um, before him. I need, you know, it's like one person said you that he realized that God exists and this was true, not only true but necessary. You begin to see God in in a personal way as uh, in your own personal need for a savior. And it, it really is, I do think it's a work of the Holy Spirit, but over 40% of them describe this, what they called a religious experience of, of an inner presence of the Holy Spirit, a Holy Spirit speaking to them, convicting them, you know, bringing them to a place of acknowledgement that you are God and I am not, and I need you. Um, it's a it's the common tale for all of us, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, whether you're former atheist or not, the way that he brings you, the Spirit draws you, and you see, um, you see how beautiful His grace is, and how great your need.
0: Well, the book is "Atheists Finding God: Unlikely Stories of Conversions to Christianity in the Contemporary West." My guest is the author, Doctor Jana Harman. Janeth, what is your hope for atheists finding God?
1: I think that we cannot write off anyone, that there is always hope. As long as there is God, there is always hope. And the thing about this deteriorating culture is that the prayer, my prayer, is that more will see their own need for something more. There's a real meaning crisis today. Um, You know, more than truth, it's meaning. People are really searching, and it's a real opportunity for us as Christians to start making friends, relationally engaging, showing them an embodied story that is so attractive. And, you know, my prayer is that that He would use everyone listening in such a st- strategic way. You, you don't know what the Lord can do through you. Just make yourself available. And, and these unbelievable stories of these unbelievable people, you know, will start coming forward uh, through the way that He's using you.
0: You've been listening to His People on Pilgrim Radio. Many thanks to our guest, C.S. Lewis Institute Teaching Fellow, Jenna Harmon, author of the book, atheists finding god unlikely stories of conversions to christianity in the contemporary west she's host of the side b stories podcast coming up on tomorrow's program it's mitchell chase with a fascinating biblical and theological exploration of adam and eve's fall from innocence in the book of genesis
2: because genesis 3 is not the story of god abandoning his people it's a story of his image bearers turning
0: from him and then in grace he pursues them promises deliverance for them clothes them with garments they didn't deserve and even outside eden he will be their god and refuge that's tomorrow at the same time right here on his people